Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Awesome. Well, why don't we stand together? We're going to open in prayer. How many are excited to be in the house of God today? Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Father, today. We thank you that we're able to come together and worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we ask that you'd speak to us by your word and transform us by your word today. And all God's people said, amen, amen. So as you know, we've been, we've been in the midst of a series called Winning the War Within. And uh, it's very important that we understand that uh, there is spiritual warfare as believers. We're the bride of Christ, but we're also called to be good soldiers of Christ, amen? So we need to understand, first and foremost, where the battlefield is. And the battlefield, Paul clar- clarifies in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he tells us that, that, uh, that uh, the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, right? And he says we're to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that we're to take every single thought captive into the obedience of Christ. So we understand that the enemy, uh, he tempts us with thoughts, he, he speaks to our spirit. He speaks to our mind. He gives us thoughts that lead us into a direction contrary to where God wants us to be. And we see this in Matthew chapter 15, verse 16 to 19. Jesus said, are you also without understanding? He said, do you not yet understand whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth okay, come from the heart. Say the heart. All right. And they defile a man, for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. He doesn't say out of the mind proceeds evil thoughts. We all know we think in the mind. But he says out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. Okay, So so we have to understand that our, our spirit man, we're a spirit. We live in a body. We have a motor home that we travel around in. Right? We have a body. But we also have a soul, which is your mind, your emotion, and your will. All right? But we have to understand when we pass away, when we die and our time is up on the earth and we, we, we pass away, we're going to come out of our bodies and we're going to have an ability to think and to process and to remember. Why? Because our spirit man, who we really are, we have a mind. Paul calls it the mind of the spirit. Okay? And we have to understand that, that God the Father speaks to our spirit because he's a spirit. We are a spirit, and our own voice and our spirit, we hear our own thoughts coming up from within. But also the enemy is able to speak to us into our spirit, because a spirit can speak to a spirit. And we're going to talk about that process and how that all came about, and then how to have victory in that area. Okay? Uh, and the Bible talks about the flesh. I know the Bible says that there's the flesh, and that we're not to walk after the flesh, but walk after the spirit. So we're going to Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at it together in verse 1. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. How many are in Christ Jesus this morning? Let me see your hands. We're in Christ, so there's no condemnation for us. But look what it says right after that. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, if you walk according to the flesh, I know there's a lot of Christians that are saved and going to heaven, and I was one of them, and I am one of them. 
But if we walk according to the flesh, we feel condemned. We feel like I'm not good enough and God doesn't love me and, you know, there's not enough mercy for me. And, and there's all these, these thoughts of condemnation coming, but we're saved. Where are those thoughts coming from? They're coming from the flesh, okay? Now, we, we have to make a choice. Are we going to follow the flesh or are we going to follow the spirit? But the next question is, what is the flesh? Is the flesh the steak I had for dinner last night? No. Is that evil? No. Is the physical body evil? The answer is no, because the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God loves us as a three-part being, and in fact, he's going to raise our bodies from the dead at the resurrection, transform our bodies. So our bodies are holy unto the Lord. We have to offer our bodies as holy unto the Lord. Can I hear an amen? So when we talk about the flesh, you're not talking about your physical body. So what are we talking about? The flesh is a rebellious nature that originates and communicates with fallen spirits. When Lucifer rebelled against God, he said in his heart, I want to be like the Most High God. He was cast from heaven, and a one-third of the angels went from heaven with Lucifer, and they followed him into the earth. And we can't see them, but they're speaking to us spirit to spirit, and we hear their voices, and it's called thought. And, and we see what happened here. The original design, when Adam and Eve were created, God created us, our hearts, the mind of our spirit has one radio station, 77.7 FM. And how many have a dial on your radio, right? 77.7, boom. And it's like you could hear the voice of the Father. And God had communion with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. And he was speaking to them. And they had joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness flowing through them. They had no idea what evil was. And they had no access to evil because Satan had no radio station to their spirit. They were cut off from God or from, from the enemy, which was good. So, so we need to understand that the mind receives information through thought. And uh, we have to understand there's two pathways of thought. Well, there's actually three, but there's two. There's, there's a beta thought, which is when you receive information through your five senses. That's how your mind receives information. So if I go out for dinner and I smell uh, curry chicken, and I, I, my, my nose, one of my five senses smells chicken. Oh, that's so good. I eat it. The next time I walk by somewhere and I smell it, oh, that's curry chicken. I, I've received information through my nose. I'm going to hear what I'm saying. Uh, I can see something. I can learn from it. I can hear something. I can learn from it. Someone speaks. It's the five senses. That's called beta. That's a, a pathway of, of thought. We receive information. And then there's theta. That's the thoughts that come from within, come out of our spirit mind, Right? Now, psychology talks about this, the New Age movement talks about this, but the church doesn't. And I think we should start looking and understanding this. And you say, well, I don't think that, you know, the end. See, see, you have to understand this. Satan had to appear to Adam and Eve in the form of a serpent and physically speak to them to get information to them because he had no access to their, to their spirit. He had no access to communicate only through the five senses he could communicate. He couldn't communicate spirit to spirit because the radio station was not yet established. But let's see what happened when they sinned, okay? In Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 to 11, at the moment their eyes were opened when they sinned and they ate the, the fruit, 
And suddenly, say suddenly, they felt shame at their nakedness. And, and look what happened. So they, they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. And the Lord God called to the man. He said, where are you? Okay. And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Now, verse 11 is so important because God speaks and he says, who told you that you were naked? I want you to think about that. The Lord said, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Who told you? So something told them from within that they were naked and shame and fear and guilt came in. And God said, who told you? You received information from somewhere. And suddenly a second radio station was formed, 66.6 FM. All right. And so the dial was changed to 66.6. So now not only could God communicate with their spirits, but now the enemy was speaking to their spirits and saying, I don't see this. Well, Jesus said, out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. It comes from within. I never taught my children, which is me. I never sat down and taught them that it's good to lie. I never sat down and said, you know, if your sister does this, smack her upside the head. But our kids learn that. Why? Because they're dialed in to 66.6 FM. There's a connection to this invisible kingdom of disembodied spirits that have rebelled against God. And that's why we're separated from God because we're in communion with this. But see, God has prepared a way. God said the day will come where I'll take out the heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. So your spirit is born again, but then Jesus said, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. So if you're born again, you have a new spirit, God's give you a tender, responsive heart, but now you have to guard it, because the enemy wants to speak to you. Amen? And these feelings and emotions come with these thoughts that come from within. You don't have to teach it. I remember my son Jonas was, I think, four at the time, or maybe three. And uh, they were watching Pink Panther downstairs. And my daughter, Hannah, she's a few years older. And all of a sudden, I hear this scream. Ah! And my daughter runs up, looking for mom, runs right by me. She's got a fork sticking out of her head. She's like, ah! She's running by. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. And I chase her down, and I pop the fork out of the top of her skull. And I found out what had happened was my son, Jonas, uh, was watching Pink Panther, and he was hitting the TV because he was mad because he kept falling off the cliff or whatever. And, he, and, and, and then Hannah said, stop doing that. You should stop doing you, you. And he turned around, and he put a fork in her head. I didn't teach him that. <laughs> Just so you know, okay? That evil came from within. These emotions and these feelings and these desires came from an invisible kingdom that's contrary to God's kingdom. And this is what Jesus was talking about when he said these thoughts come from within. And I want to say, as a believer, you can choose to keep the dial at 77.7 FM. And the enemy, what happens if we're not careful, if we get away from the word and we get away from spending time with the Father, we can, it's like we're slowly dialing back and we find ourselves on the wrong station. We're receiving information to our spirit. We're hearing thoughts that are coming from within that are not in right standing with where God is. Amen? 
So many believers who love the Lord, they're going to heaven, but they remain victims to a rebellious kingdom of thought because of the wrong station. And so we have to choose to walk in the spirit, not after the flesh. In James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18, I want to show you something here in verse 13. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works and humility that comes with a humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous, now I want you to realize this is being spoken to the church. James is writing to Christians. If you're bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your head, is that what it says? In your heart. Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying, for jealous, jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and let's say the word together, demonic. Okay, this is what the Bible teaches. For wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil kind of thing. Say every evil thing. So as a believer, if you come to church and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm really sick and I need God to intervene. And I pray healing. And then you go home and you're bitter with your spouse or you're angry with your kids or you're jealous of your neighbor. Whatever it is, guess what? Every evil thing has access and permission to be in your home. And then you say, well, God doesn't heal today. Because of this stuff, I, you know, I had prayer 20 times, but maybe you have opened the door. So this is, say, 66.6 FM. Let's say it, 66.6 FM. And of course, this is a silly analogy, so you remember it. But the next portion of the scripture, we're taught how to change the dial to 77.7. Look what he says. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is peace-loving, gentle, once in a while. Gentle at all times. Sorry, I got that wrong. And willing to yield to others, it's full of mercy and full of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And so when we tune into the Spirit, there's love, there's joy, there's peace, there's patience, there's kindness, there's goodness, there's self-control. And anything that doesn't look like that, any thoughts that come to us like that are not from God they're from a disembodied kingdom of rebellious sons and daughters. Because the angels were called sons of God. And they rebelled against the father of all spirits. And then when we rebel against God and we listen to those thoughts, we come in participation with those, with that kingdom. Does that make sense to anybody? And the last few weeks, we dealt with the spirit of rejection. We talked about the spirit of accusation. We talked about self-pity. We talked about the unloving spirit. So we're starting to identify the names of these spirits that have come to bring destruction in our lives. And so today we're going to be covering envy and jealousy. Envy and jealousy. And envy and jealousy, and we'll bring up the PowerPoint here, wants you to compare yourself to other people. Okay? And, and if you're having thoughts coming to you all the time, you're comparing yourself with somebody else, uh, that's what that spirit wants you to do. Putting your eyes on other people and taking your eyes off God. 
And so there's, there's vo- thoughts that come to you. And, you know, I wish I was like that person. I'd, I'd be happy if I could have what that person has. You know, there was a pastor as a young minister that I looked up to. I said, man, if I could only preach like him. Man, if I could only, you know, be like this person and, and have the big ministry that he has and that I'll be, then I'll be successful. And I never said that out loud, but those thoughts came, and so I yielded to them, and then I found myself starting to preach like him and talk like him. And I got off the path that God had made for me because he makes us all unique, and I started to be a bad impression of somebody else. And that person today is not even serving God. See, God has created a pathway. He's paved a highway for you to walk on that is your walk. It's your relationship with God. It's your future. And many times we get our eyes on other people's highways and say, I want to be on that highway. And I got news for you. You'll never be happy on a path that God has not paved for you. True joy is in the place that God has for you. All right? Envy's definition is this. It's a desire to have quality possessions or other desirable attributes that belong to somebody else. Envy is wanting something that someone else has. It's saying, I want to have that. All right? That's not good. Jealousy is defined as this, a very watchful or careful in guarding or keeping. Jealousy is deciding no one else can have it. That's what jealousy says. And the religious leaders of Jesus' day uh, were envious of Jesus. Well, here's Jesus. He's going out, and he's, people are saying, has anyone ever heard the words that this man speaks? He doesn't speak like the scribes and Pharisees. He has authority, and he heals the sick, and he casts out devils. And what the spirit of envy came and spoke to the religious leaders and said, take him out. You should be the one that has people. You should have 5,000 people coming. You should be the one dividing. And the spirit of envy came, and envy destroyed Jesus. So they thought. Put him on the cross. In Mark chapter 15, 9, we see this. Pilate was standing with Jesus in front of him. He said, would you like me to release to you the king of the Jews? Pilate said. For Pilate realized by now that the leading priest had arrested Jesus out of envy. They wanted what he had. See, envy will destroy, will seek to destroy another person. If not physically, you, you destroy them with your words and with slander and different things. Envy is very dangerous. Envy and jealousy, we'll go on the next uh, PowerPoint slide, will always have you comparing yourself to someone else. You're always comparing yourself with the next person. And when we allow thoughts of comparison, we open the door for envy to come in and affect our emotions, right? And so we don't, we don't want to give a doorway to envy and jealousy because that's how the kingdom of darkness thinks. And we see this first example of this. We see it in Genesis chapter 4. We see that the sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, they've got their radio station dialed at 66.6. And let's see what happens here. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit to the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought the first fruit of his flock to the, and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. And he pulled out his fork. No, I'm just kidding. He was very angry, and his countenance fell. That means he got very depressed. 
So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? Don't you love how God asks questions he already knows the answer to? He want, because he wants us to think about it ourselves. If you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, he's saying, Cain, like, you didn't do good this time, son. Try better. Maybe there was something going on in his life. And if you do do well, if you do not do well, look what he says. Sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now, if sin was just missing the mark, uh, how can it have desires, and how can it, how can it lurk at a door? There's an evil spirit behind this. I want you to see this. The word lies, when we talk about this thing lying, is a word robots from uh, the Hebrew. Of course, I'm pronouncing it wrong. But the primary root here is to crouch on all four legs like a recumbent animal and, and to, to brood, to lurk, to crouch down. Now, I don't know about you, but the only animals I know that crouch and get ready to pounce are cats. And this is what God sees, and God is warning him. He's saying, there's something crouching, and, it's red, and his desire is for you, and it's going to try to jump into your spirit, but you need to rule over the flesh. And 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. I'm going to just put envy and jealousy there and pounce you. But we have the authority to say, oh, hold on a second, I'm on the ra- this wrong radio station. Let's turn the dial back to 77.7. This, this thought is not in obedience with God's word. God does not want me to be envy and jealousy. He wants me to be thankful for who, what he's given me. And you refuse to stay on the wrong station. And that's not what Cain did. He stayed on the wrong station and he killed his brother. How many see that? And this is what happens. You know, envy will always drive you to compare yourself to other people. There's always, I got, you're comparing yourself. You're looking at Facebook going, man, I wish, I wish I could be like this person. They have it all together. Yeah, right. And you start comparing yourselves against one another, which is not wise, Paul says. Right? Envy and jealousy will give you the sense that God is not able or chooses not to provide for you. If envy and jealousy are working through you, there's always a nagging question on the inside. Hey, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? What do I get out of this? And the Bible deals with this. And, 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 and I know these messages seem harsh and hard, but listen, God is preparing us. We're his bride. He's preparing us to be a bride without spot and wrinkle. And he wants us to get the flesh out of our lives so we can walk in power and authority. Thank you. So let's say amen together. Amen. This is a good message. This is a challenging message. It's good. Like, I love to eat cheeseburgers and Kentucky Fried Chicken every day of the week if I could. But how many know that that would have negative effects? Okay? But if we eat healthy, it might not be as fun at first. But, hey, you're going to look good. You're going to live longer. And this is what the Word of God, sometimes we need messages that are going to challenge us to think deeper and say, hey, what, what am I listening to? What thoughts am I entertaining so we can take captive those thoughts? Amen? And Hebrews 13.5 says, let your conduct be without covetousness. 
Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And here's the key. When you get God as the center of your heart, listen, the most important thing to me is that God the Father lives in me through the Holy Spirit. I have a relationship with God the Father because of Jesus Christ, and that's the most important thing to me. You're not going to want what anybody else has because God begins to reveal to you the highway and the path that he has prepared for you, and that's where you'll be happy. How can we recognize if envy and jealousy is presence? Is present? Envy and jealousy will want to compare. There's always this, I got to keep up with the Joneses, right? Uh, com- keeping up with the Joneses or family to family. And, you know, we can fall into that trap and say, you know, I wish my spouse was more like his spouse. I wish my kids were more like Joe's kids. And you begin to compare. And, and God is saying, no, 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 no. I want you to focus that I am always with you, and let's get a game plan for your family. Don't look at other people's family. I'm going to lead you and guide you, and it's going to look good. But don't try to be like somebody else. Amen? we got to stop this comparison, this stuff that's going on, because it's not godly. The Bible teaches that godliness with contentment is great gain. Because envy uh, steals your self-worth and self-esteem. I think we have a slide for this one here. Fear will say you will be all right. No, go back one. That was good. There we go. Fear will say you will be all right when you're like this person or that person. So you're always comparing, trying to measure up, trying to be like somebody else. It says you could be perfect if you could be perfect, then you, you would be accepted by God. Listen, God accepted you while you were still a sinner. He went after you. He loved you as a sinner. Now, he loves you too much to leave you the way you are, but he loves you. So all this trying to measure up, to be accepted, you're already accepted in the beloved. Produces bitterness and resentment, distrust God, has unbelieved doubt concerning God's ability to take care of you, and always fueling bitterness against others. And that's what envy and jealousy does. Can I go on? A couple more scriptures. Colossians chapter 3, 5. Uh, God tells us how to deal with this. He says, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. When you covet what other people have, that's idolatry. Because you're saying, I don't, I don't trust that, God, you've given me what I need. I need to have what somebody else has. And what happens is there be, begins to be birthed in us a desire to destroy. And that is the fruit of envy and jealousy. It wants to destroy. Jealousy is a spirit, and it sometimes comes upon people. And we see that in Numbers chapter 5, verse 14. And it says, the spirit of jealousy comes upon him. And he becomes jealous of his wife who has defiled herself. Or if the spirit of jealousy comes upon him and he becomes jealous of his wife, although she has not defiled herself. So you'd have to read the context. Go back and read it on your own time. But the point I'm making is God is saying there's a spirit of jealousy that comes upon people. And I know I shared this before, but when I was doing prison ministry, there's a really super nice guy. He was like a teddy bear, a really nice guy. And he 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 was in prison for murder. I said, hey... What are you in here for? He goes, I, I killed my wife. 
I said, you killed your wife. You're like, you're like the nicest guy. Everybody loves you. You're like your temperament. Like, what do you mean you killed your wife? He said, well, she cheated on me with this other guy, and I saw them in the parking lot, and I said, if, if I can't have her, nobody can have her. And he, and he said, something came over me, and this, this anger that I couldn't control, and of course, now he's doing life in prison. Because that spirit of jealousy, if we yield to it, wants to destroy others. And we might not physically take someone's life, but we can, with the mouth, we can speak about people, and we can kill their reputation. Amen? And so a, a spirit of jealousy has rage behind it. A person with a spirit of envy and jealousy is not interested in reconciling, always wants justice, and is never satisfied. And that's how you know if there's a spirit of envy and jealousy. All right? So I want to say this. Um, idolatry is looking to someone other than God as you ponder as your provider and the source of your strength. And so we don't want to look at other things and say, if I could have this, if I could be like this person, then I'd be happy. No, our happiness has to be in our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. Everything else is a cherry on top. And that's where true peace is. Right? There's also a good side to jealousy. Let's bring up this slide here, Brian. Good side to jealousy. There's no good side to envy, but jealousy is this. God is jealous for your affection. How many know that God is jealous for your affection? Evil jealousy will destroy, but God's jealousy receives your repentance even after your error. And, you know, uh, I am jealous for my wife's affection. I'm jealous uh, for my kids. Uh, jealousy isn't always negative. It's a good thing. Because jealousy means careful in keeping. We should be that way with God and our loved ones. Okay? And we see that in James chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. God says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? And it says in other translations, yearns jealously for our affection. All right? And I remember when I was in Bible school, it was so cool because I had said, Lord, I'm going to dedicate these next two years to you. And I knew the Lord had brought Camilla into my life. We had met. But my, my, my practice was I'd go to school during the day and then I was working part-time. But then I would spend two to three hours a day by choice in the presence of the Lord. I would pick up my guitar and I would just worship, you know, and just worship the Lord. And then I'd talk to him like a friend, like, you know, like David does in the Psalms. Hey, God, how you doing today? Had a great day. This guy ticked me off, and this did well, and blah, 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 and I need your grace. And I just talked to God, and I probably looked like a crazy person in the basement, but I had this conversation going with God, and I was spending time with God. And, and I, I, what I didn't realize is he was really enjoying my fellowship. And then I met my wife. And the two or three hours I used to spend with the Lord, now suddenly I'm going out for dinner with with. with with Camilla, and, you know, we're hanging out all the time, we're talking, and, you know, and suddenly I dropped most of my devotion time, almost all of it. And I was all excited because we had this guy coming to the church. He was a prophet, Prophet Kevin Leal. He was really accurate, and he just had these great prophetic words, and I thought, great, I'm going to get a word. So he pointed at me, and I came out of the front, and he looked at me with his finger, and he said, the Lord, you have substituted 
female companion, the, the female companionship with my companionship. I'm jealous for your time. And it was like this whole like, you forgot about me. You're hanging out with this girl all the time. And it was like boom, boom, boom like this. And I was like, whoa. And I knew where it was coming from. And I was like, oh, man. God actually enjoyed my devotion. See, if we would understand that as much as you enjoy your time with the Lord, the Lord looks forward to it every morning. Or whenever it is you spend time with the Lord, he's, he yearns jealously for your affection. He just, oh, I want to hang out with Deborah today. I want to hang out with Neil today. Oh, great, he's getting up. He's, he's going to talk to me. And you get up and you're like, oh, I'm going to go check out my Facebook. I'm going to look at this and, okay, what's going on in the world? You know? and, and next thing you know, you're off to work and God's going like, hey, what about, what about our time? He jealously yearns for our affection. So we have to refuse to give place to envy and jealousy. Amen? Uh, And God says we can rule over it, so let's do it. Let's do it. And you know, here's the thing. You might, maybe you hear this teaching, maybe you're online, maybe you're in this place saying, oh, I don't want to hear all this teaching about sin and battling and overcoming and warfare and all that. Listen, we need revival. We need the glory of God. We need, we need uh, the power of God to move, and we need, to shake, we need to shake Trent. Well, listen, yes, we need that. But let me tell you a story. In 1906, there was a powerful revival that broke out in California under the leadership of William Seymour. And the size of their building was the same size of this sanctuary. We probably got about 50 people in here. They had 600 people in in this size of a room, shoulder to shoulder, and 200 people outside trying to listen, pressing their ear up. And there was such a move of God, people were getting healed, teeth were growing back, people had no teeth, supernatural miracles. This is documented. It was like uh, people would drive by and they would call the fire station because they thought they saw the building with flames coming out of it. And the the firemen would show up and there was no fire. I mean, there was was powerful, powerful, powerful move of God. But you know what? A, A little unclean spirit called envy and jealousy came in and shut down that whole move of God. What happened actually was very interesting because Uh, In 1909, the secretary, Florence Crawford, and her friend moved to Portland, Oregon from California. They left the church, and they took with them the mailing list for the Apostolic Faith magazine. So this revival, they had a a, a newsletter that went out all over the world. So as people visited, they wrote down their name and address. They didn't have internet. And they would mail out saying, come, the revival's still happening. So everybody came because they got this newsletter, and the mailing list was massive. But Florence, what happened was Florence was jealous because Seymour, the pastor, decided to marry Jenny Moore, the worship leader. So he, he, he fell in love with the worship leader, and the secretary got jealous, stole the, stole the church list, left, and then accusations started to fly against each other. And all of this fighting happened in-house, and everybody thought the move of God is over. They stopped coming, and the church started to dwindle, and everything closed down. So do we need the glory of God? Absolutely. But what if we learn now how to discern how the enemy's trickeries and wiles work so that when revival's happening and the devil tries to come in, we can kick him out? Amen? So that's why we're taking the time to go so deep into these kind of topics. We want to make sure that we understand the battlefield of the mind and how the enemy works. Amen? So with this last slide I'm putting up here, I want to talk about 
behaviors that will come out of envy and jealousy. Sometimes there's a generational spirit of envy and jealousy in your family line. You might say, my mom and dad or my grandparents, you see envy and jealousy. Maybe it's not in your life, but you see it in your generations. Maybe there's covetousness, greed, craving, idolatry, discontentment, distrust of God, unbelief and doubt, bitterness coming out of envy and jealousy. If you're a very competitive person, uh, comparison, rivalry, strife, control, manipulation, pride, superiority. If you have a critical spirit, passivity, passivity, uh, pa- sorry, possessiveness, sorry, suspicion, jealousy in a husband, not jealousy of a husband or wife, jealousy in. Well, my husband has a better job than me, and, you know, I've got to get a better job or I got to be more like him. He has more friends than me, or she has jealousy in a husband or a wife. And that happens in relationships envy and jealousy. And uh, these are thoughts that maybe you hear and you think uh, they're not even from you, they're from, they're from that other kingdom. It's 66.6. And we have to say, God, you know what? I'm not going to listen to that station anymore. I'm going to listen to your station. I'm going to dial in 77.7. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, whatever things are pure, think on these things. I'm going to tie my mind to heaven in Jesus' name. Let's go to the next slide. And so in, in the weeks to pass we, that have passed, we've talked about the eight hours of freedom. We have to recognize there's a problem. If we don't recognize there's a problem, we can't we can't get free. We can't help ourselves, right? So we have to recognize there's a problem. Then we have to take responsibility and say, hey, I've been listening to these thoughts. I have been, you know, envious in this area of my life. And then we just have to repent. That just says, God, I repent for participating with these thoughts or listen to these thoughts. And then we renounce them. We recognize this isn't even from God. It's not even me. And I just renounce this. I change the channel. And then you remove it. You say, no more. Out you go. Thoughts from the enemy. I take you captive and I cast you out. You have no place to speak to me. And you identify it. You remove it. Then you resist it when it tries to come back. Amen? You rejoice because God says in all things be thankful. And you restore somebody else. And you love on somebody else and you just pour it out. Is that good? So why don't we stand and we'll pray together. I want you guys to pray with me. If you're following us online, you can pray. God hears you where you are. We're going to pray this together. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you. I recognize and I take responsibility in my life and in my generational line for envy and jealousy. I repent for and I renounce participating with these thoughts. And I ask your forgiveness. And I receive your forgiveness for serving these spirits. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. And Father, right now, I just take authority over any spirit of envy and jealousy that would speak to your people, and I command it to be broken, to leave your people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that they can walk in freedom. I thank you, God, that they'll always remember there's two stations, and they'll always keep it on 77.7 in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Amen. Isn't God good? Awesome. Now, in September, we're doing our Highway to Wholeness again. We've kind of tweaked it a bit, 
and we're going to be putting out the dates soon. We're just waiting to hear what's happening. We're praying there's no more lockdowns, but if there isn't, we're going to do, we're going to do the course. Um, and in the Highway to Homeless, you, you'll learn about how certain health issues can be linked with certain spirits. Uh, what happened with me when I went down to be in health is that uh, before I went down, I had arthritis in my ankles. My ankles were all, I'd get up and walk in it. I was so much pain. I couldn't bend. And I never talked to people that had these pains. I got prayer for it. I also had arthritis in the back of my neck. And I went down to be in health. And they taught us that, you know, this whole principle that I, that I shared with you that, you know, if there's envy and bitterness, every evil thing is there. And, and so they said, you need to repent for envy and jealousy. So here's a scripture in Proverbs 14, verse 30 that God showed me. A, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. So I learned that not in all cases, but in some cases, if you have arthritis, it could be due to the fact that there's envy in your life. So when I repented of envy and got prayer, it left and I've never had it since because I closed the door. When envy left and I gave it no more place, it took arthritis with it. Awesome. So you can learn about this if you want to come in September to the, uh, the thing. We'll be advertising that. Well, Father, I thank you for your people, Lord. I thank you for your goodness, God. I thank you that we can just enjoy your presence and that we're not moved by fear. We're moved by faith. And we thank you that you love us unconditionally. And we bless you today. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you guys and have a great week. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.